Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their nine to five, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Why Multifamily, episode number four, Economies of Scale. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And the first part of Economies of Scale that I'd like to touch on with you today is going to be your time. There's nothing in the world that you should protect more than your time. Money is something you can always get back. You can always make more money. But you could never make time. And so when it comes to your goals, you want to get there as soon as possible. So as you're protecting your time, one of the best ways you can do it is by buying more of the uh, passive income that you need in less time. So instead of looking at 100 deals, qualifying for 100 different houses and their loans and, and getting 100 different insurance quotes in order to fulfill the need that you have, why don't you just go ahead and buy one $100 one, not $100, one 100-unit apartment where everything's under one roof, where the time that it took you to buy this house was a couple of months and the time that it took you to buy the next house was a couple more months and the next house a couple more months. Well, geez, just spend a couple months buying one 100-unit apartment building and you accomplish your goal today. The next item that I want to talk a little bit about on economies of scale 
to help you understand why you would pick multifamily instead of beating your head against a wall is really the acquisitions. And this kind of goes back to the time that you spend. But the point is the amount of effort that you would have to put in to acquire a hundred different units that gave you the $500 per unit income or the $300 per unit or whatever it is that you're looking for. The amount uh, of, of effort and time and phone calls that that would take you would be best suited to just buy one 100 unit apartment building and get the economies of scale through your acquisitions. The next one really is financing. As you know, you're, you should be using debt on your properties. For those of you who think that, that debt is scary and debt is the wrong thing, I'll tell you, I was mentioning on a previous episode or two about the handyman, the maintenance man that works here in Conifer at my office. And he, was, he had to work on the door. And when we were talking uh, with him, he was, he was mentioning a few things about how he has this property with no leverage. And I, I was very curious as to why he had a property with no leverage. And he felt, and his wife felt, that, the, that debt was a scary thing. They had been taught that you shouldn't have any leverage against properties. Now, while I don't want to get into a large debate over the topic, I would love to do it over a drink sometime. Come to the Raising Money Summit. I'll buy you a drink. We can talk about whether you should use debt on your property or not. If, if I could streamline this so that I could give you a little bit more value, all packed in at one place at one time, I would just share for you, if you use debt, if you use financing, your returns skyrocket. Let me repeat that again. If you go ahead and buy a single family house and you have $300,000 into it and you own it free and clear and you are making 1600 bucks a month and then you have a few expenses, let's just say for lack of argument that half of whatever you got in went out Half of half of your gross that came in was expenses and the other half was your net operating income. Now, using that number, 800 a month multiplied by 12, it's just under $10,000. Divide that by the purchase price or the how much you have tied up into that larger property and your cap rate is 3%. Now, if you care about cap rates and how much money you make, you won't go for a 3% property anyway. But let's just do this. Let's just imagine best case scenario, by far best case scenario, you got a 10% cap rate. Cool? So it's a $100,000 house. You make, a, uh, you make 2,000 in, half of it goes to expenses. The other half you get to keep. So you, at the end of the year, let's just say you make about 10 grand. And that means you have a 10% cap rate because you get 10 grand and it only costs you 100,000. If you have a, if you have no loan on that property, then you're really getting 
10% on your money because because you have no leverage. But once you have an 80-20 loan on there, as soon as you get an 80-20 loan, your actual cash on cash goes up. Your cap rate stays at a 10, but your cash on cash goes up. And if if the uh, value of the property is going up by 10%, because you have leverage, you're making 50% on your money. And instead, and on the cash flow, yes, you're, you will have more expenses because you'll be paying a mortgage, but the, the return on your money grows. So maybe you go from having 10% income to let's say 16% income by leveraging it. And then, and then as far as the value goes up, you get five times whatever the value really goes up because you have an 80-20 loan. So for every dollar that it comes in, uh, you're really forever. Anyway, I think you get what I'm saying. If the property goes from 100, and 100 to 110 and you have 20 grand into the property, then what's going to happen is you get 50% on your money because you just made 10 grand on your 20 grand. You just made 10 grand on your 20 grand because all the money that you have tied into it is just 20,000. And 10 grand on 20 grand is a 50% return. So, but if you have 100 grand into it and you get 10 grand on your 100 grand, that's only a 10% return. So you can see how much stronger it is to start using leverage. And our argument about the safety of leverage we, this can be something where you and I sit down with a piece of paper. But as we talk more about financing, uh, you are able to do this, with, of course, with single family and multifamily. But what's interesting is once you hit like three single families, they stop letting you get another loan. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes, sometimes lenders will let you have up to 10 single family homes and then they, then they just cut the line off. They say, sorry, you have too many mortgages in your name. So what you want to do is instead of st- getting stuck with the financing, you go ahead and buy a 100 unit and you're, you don't run into that same problem. You can buy as many of these that are cash flowing as you want. And then the next thing that I want to chat about as we kind of get through this is, is the equity. I believe... From experience, I did single family, I did multifamily. I have an easier time raising the, the equity on a large multifamily. More people understand now that it's a safer asset class, that you get the economies of scale and that you get everything, all those other things that we've kind of talked a little bit about today, the less competition, it's, it's less risky. Um, it, 2008, if it happens again, uh, you're going to be safer. It, they, they talk about what's happening with baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and economies of scale. And all these sophisticated passive investors are hoping to be involved in larger multifamily and not single family. So that's very, very, very important to note, notice. The last thing that I want to share on economies of scale, we talked about your time. We talked about having to, how many you have to buy in acquisitions. We talked about the financing 
running out of uh, running out of mortgages that you're allowed to have as you are with single family just doesn't happen as you buy these larger multifamilies. You can easily get a couple hundred units and then 1,400 units like me and hopefully I'll be at 10,000 soon, right? So the next one is, is maintenance. And what I mean by that is everything's under one roof. So instead of paying your maintenance man or woman, your maintenance person, instead of paying them money in order to go do a trip charge to this house and then 20 bucks an hour and then a trip charge to that house and then 20 bucks an hour. And, and, and you get the point with a hundred houses, you're paying 75 bucks trip charges a hundred different times. But when you have everything under one roof or on one property, that trip charge no longer becomes 75 per each and every unit. Your maintenance staff, your, uh, your management staff, your leasing staff is able through economies of scale to lower your expenses per unit. For example, oftentimes maintenance and property management companies, they will charge, as you well know, about 10% for property management. So they'll take automatically 10% of the income that's coming in and then they'll start uh, doing business with the rest of that money and give you what's left over. But the, again, they take 10% off the top. But that's just not happening with large multifamily. When you get the 200 units and you have those economies of scale, you are able to hire a full-time maintenance person to live on site. You are able to have a full-time leasing staff there all full-time. And so really the economies of scale start happening once you hit 70 or 100 units. If you're above 100 units, great. You're going to be able to have that full-time maintenance person, which saves you a ton of money. You no longer have trip charges. You have a full-time uh, leasing office. You no longer have to pay 10% for the rents that come in you start to have 4% or 3%. But as, as you pay less than 5%, obviously you're saving, you're, you're keeping more than twice the money that it used to take for you to run your small, multi, small multifamily and your single family now that you got into the bigger, bigger assets. All right, so that is it for the four reasons why you would want to get into multifamily. To cover them over one more time, there's less competition. It's less risky. There's more demand, and that demand is ever increasing. And you have the opportunity to utilize and gain the economies of scale to massively grow your business with less time and less effort. With that said, we can wrap up these four podcasts uh, talking about the four reasons why you would want to get into multifamily and just talking about how it's safer, how it's easier, how, how it solves a lot of problems for you. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the ways that you make money in multifamily. And so you're going to learn a lot with that because I'll go ahead and dive deep 
into what each and every one of these means. Usually people just say the, the name of the thing, but it's not conceptual. It doesn't make sense yet. So I want to give you not just the name of it, but also some details and examples and things that you can take away if you want to teach your passive investor the ways that they make money in, in multifamily. Or if you are a passive investor, you're going to learn a ton from the next five videos and audios and podcasts coming uh, or circled around the ways that we make money into multifamily. Again, these episodes are brought to you by the Raising Money Summit. I hope to see you on October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Gene Trowbridge and Jillian Sedoti. By the way, if you are worried about raising money legally, we have a couple of amazing attorneys at that event that Gene Trowbridge is going to be one of the very first speakers on uh, Friday morning. And Jillian Sedoti is going to be one of the last speakers on Saturday night. So between them and they have a sponsor booth as well that you can go and talk to them about like, what can I do? Can I advertise? How do I do a PPM? What is a PPM? They will be there answering those questions. So let's get into the next five videos and audios about how do you make money in multifamily? How do your passive investors make money in multifamily? How will you eloquently share with a passive investor how you make money in multifamily, and how come it's so different than single family and the stock market. Hey, it's DJ, and I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. We're glad you keep listening to each episode, and I want to ask you to please take a minute to give us a five-star review. And remember, we are not attorneys or CPAs. This is just the stuff you bring to your advisors.